Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. of our top five positions, uh, top five rankings by position, I should say. Um, back again with us is Brennan. We are at the number one position, the thing that drives every team, the most expensive position in the league, the quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen a ton of contract talks about quarterbacks going into this, during this offseason. Um, tons looking forward. So this should be an interesting one. Um, do we see Tom Brady back on the list, Drew Brees, or maybe some of these young up-and-comers or are finally finally taking the top spot um but as always dj kelsey like i said we got brendan on 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 for the rest of the the list and uh dj what do you gotta say about this list this was a much more different list than previous lists we've made before because i feel like there's it's almost like the changing the guard which a lot of the og quarterbacks are getting older and a lot of these new kids are coming out the last few times sophomore quarterbacks have been mvps i mean 
Patty, Lamar, Carson Wentz would have been MVP if his knee didn't explode. Like, basically, young quarterbacks are more ready now than they ever have been because the NFL has a lot more college offense-type concepts and the way it's being built. So I think this could be the youngest top-five quarterback list possibly ever, honestly. I don't know what, who you guys have necessarily, but at least looking at my list, I'm like, oh, look at these children. Where's their mother at? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat. So I guess I'll get us started here. So I've, number five was kind of tough for me because there's a lot of – really good quarterback so it's like who is really elite that i can put up here and based off of last season and what i saw i put once in a lifetime carson Wentz at number five he led the eagles to a playoff berth with basically tweedledee tweedledum and poopzilla receiver <laughs> tight ends who were a little inconsistent couldn't stay healthy this was not zacherts finest season as good as zacherts is not his best season Dallas Goddard, who was a nice young tight end, he's coming along. Assuming he recovers from his recent concussion, I think he'll be he'll be really good. Miles Sanders is a player, but you have Bernard Scott. You're throwing the ball too. I mean, Greg Ward, like they didn't have any weapons, and he led them to the playoffs and threw for four thousand more than four thousand yards. He's a very mobile quarterback. Honestly, I really wish he didn't get hurt in that playoff game. I wish Jaden Clowney wouldn't have bounced his head off the ground like a basketball using his helmet. Maybe that could have been a much more interesting game. I don't know if they would have won because. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were a pretty gangster team, but we won't know yet because that Eagles team was broken and was missing. They get a lot of the weapons back. Jalen Rager coming in to take the top off defenses. I don't like the Jalen Hurts addition to that team. I don't know what they're planning, even if you try and taste some Hill it. Like, you're, it's just weird. I, so I'm hoping that doesn't set Carson off a whole lot or set him back, but we're going to find out this year. But I still have Carson Wentz at number five based off what I saw last year and so far in his career. Brennan, who do you have at number five? Uh, I've got the oldest guy on my list um, and the worst throwing motion in the league. I've got Philip Rivers. Oh, the shot putter. Oh, <laughs> the overpaid uh, shot putter. I mean, the thing the thing about Philip Rivers is he's still fairly consistent. I, last year was a rough year. He still threw like he threw like twenty picks. It was it was pretty bad. But his team on paper was was supposed to be really really good. The problem is, is they didn't perform to what we saw on paper. Now, the team that he's on now performed, in my opinion, much better than what they looked like on paper. And being that he's got one of the best offensive lines in the league now, even if he doesn't have as strong of weapons as he's had in years past, he's going to have the protection and the time to get the ball out. So even with his age, he still has the intelligence of... In older, being an older QB, um, he still has still has it in him to put out a, a four thousand yard season. So, I think with uh, with how he performed last year and and where he's at now in Indy, I think that'll be a a, a, a fun tale to watch. So, I got him at number five. All right. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll admit, yeah, we all had the Chargers pretty highly touted. I think. Um, we all had him in the AFC Championship game last year, or at least close to it. Um, at the very least, winning the AFC West. We didn't really see – or not winning, but uh, winning the ball – or going in those wild card. So, yeah, it was kind of shocking to see. But, uh, I don't know, we're all pro Colts fans in this in this this on this podcast today. But uh, I, I got to say, I feel like that's a stretch. I don't know. I don't know if I see if I see old man Rivers uh, walking his way out of this one. Two years ago, <laughs> Phillip Rivers, undoubtedly, he was an MVP candidate throughout most of the season. Last year, he was just – chucking up some bad interceptions i know it was a terrible offensive line and the team underperformed but he looked rough last year he's never had a rocking arm and with that throwing motion it's got to be deteriorating his arm strength a little bit so 
And Indy will be interesting because you do have T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, a couple of guys I could take the top off. Michael Pittman, the young kid coming in who catches everything. And then Frank Reich, who's a very, very quarterback-friendly coach and one of the better run games we'll see in the league. So I think there's a lot of chance for him to succeed. I don't know if he'll necessarily be the game-breaker, Philip Rivers, the ultimate gangster who plays the AFC Championship game on a recently torn ACL. Actually, you know what? He might still be that guy. I don't think you can take that out of him. But you can't take the competitor out of that man. Exactly. So I think he's always somewhat in the bubble just for his competitive nature. So not a bad pick. I mean, I don't have him up there, and I kind of hope you're right because it'd be fun to see young man Philip come back. But we'll see. Yeah, no, I just I don't I don't know. I, I said it last year. I was expecting him to fall off a cliff. Well, I didn't expect his whole team to fall off a cliff, but yeah, so it happened. Um, so I'm not. I don't know. I just not. I don't have faith in him. But then I got I got to also say DJ. Your analysis of Dallas Goddard's most recent concussion is such a nice term for what actually happened to the man. Yeah, that was really rough. I did. <laughs> you got to feel bad for the guy because that was pretty effed up. Well, going from one guy with with concussion issues and Dallas Goddard to uh, to a guy that just can't stay healthy uh, and can't keep his team healthy or hasn't had a weapon recently, and to literally last year, Matthew Stafford is my number five pick. Finally, because he has a weapon, he's finally playing with some kind of something to throw to on the outside, not name Marvin Jones and, well, Marvin Jones himself. Hmm. Um, and, you know, Hawkinson's coming back. Hopefully hopefully he recovers well after that concussion. Uh, he has carry-on in the backfield if he recovers well after that that knee issue last year. Um, you know, carry-on is a really good receiving back, so that helps out a lot. That offensive line is not bad either. Um, definitely, you know, need to pull it together, but for all, you know, if Detroit is going to be good, like I had, Matt, you know, I had uh, Kenny Galladay in my list for, for receivers. If he's going to be good, it's going to require Matthew Stafford to have absolutely one of those years. And arm talent-wise, second to none in this league, maybe second total in arm talent in this league. Um, it's just what he can do with the ball in his hands is just outstanding. Still has one of the greatest rocket arms and is getting better and better and better at reading defenses as he's gotten older. Um, so as I have him in the top five just because I see him having a – absolute barn burner of a year this year so can't hate on Stafford he's he's always a gamer and if he's when he stays healthy you could see he has that in him he just can't stay healthy honestly yeah. he has a lot of, honestly he has a lot of that Philip Rivers gangster in him just like yeah I'll do whatever it takes to get me going forward including playing with broken ribs and everything else and throwing my shoulder out of place breaking my head whatever's needed yeah whatever's needed so so moving up the list at number four I got a guy that was really overlooked coming out of college and is but at the same time, when we look back, and it's like, well, no shit, we should have seen this coming. I got Deshaun Watson. He is one of the f- he's one of the few really good to elite quarterbacks that doesn't really have to overcome his talent around him. He has to underco- undercome. He has to overcome his coaching staff and Mister <laughs> Butchin Bill O'Brien himself because they do not put him in any positions to thrive. A lot of it is him making plays on his own. While he does have a fantastic group of receivers, which a little less fantastic now yeah. when you take away DeAndre Hopkins. But you still have Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, and now Brandon Cooks. Like, name a better track team of receivers that's not the Chiefs, basically. Like, they're gonna take the they're gonna take the top off. They don't have much of a tight end, but they got some decent young guys. The running game's sporadic. I mean, it could be better, but it's all it kind of goes as Deshaun Watson goes. He kind of is the running game in some places. Like, they run a lot of you can run a lot of weird stuff because he's he's like that playmaker point guard, basically playing quarterback that they talk about. Like. I mean, I remember once against the Patriots, they basically ran a triple option with DeAndre taking the snap and pitching it to Deshaun for the touchdown. He can do just about anything when he's healthy. He could work, use a little work reading defenses, getting the ball out of his hands. He's kind of slow with the reads. He sometimes needs them to be wide open. He could work on that. His ball placement and recognizing the defense, like bl- blitzes coming off the corner, changed up like that. 
he's obviously not the he's not the top three quarterback right now, but I think he does enough, and his talent is enough to put him at number four ish, with plenty of room to grow. I mean, like we said, like I started this off with, he has to overcome a coaching staff, not deficit of talent, but a coaching staff that's incompetent, and now a GM who's not very good either. No. So I'm taking Deshaun at four, and if he ever wants to lead the AFC South, get out. <laughs> or come to Indy. That works too. Well, I don't know. I, I like. You know, he could he could just go to Dallas. That'll be that'll solve all our problems. Moving on now, Brendan. Who do you have at number four? Uh, number four, I actually have Deshaun Watson as well. Um, there's not a whole lot that I can kind of add on to that. I think the biggest the biggest downfall for him um, is going to be obviously the Hopkins trade. So I don't know. They got the ghost of David Johnson, which if he's Young David Johnson, when he first got out of the league, where he doesn't feel old. I, I can't call him old because he's not the oldest guy in the league. But the way he's played since the injury, he just feels like he's gotten older and lost steps. But if you get if you get the young version of him over in uh, over in Houston, then Deshaun's got a lot more opened up for him. So I think the, I think number four, he's he's a good spot. Same with you. Yeah. I obviously, I'll just go ahead and say I'll just round this out. I like the pick because I have him at four as well. Uh, really surprise, surprise, guys. Um, we all agree on Deshaun being number four. That uh, probably the least surprising thing, but I think we all are in agreement that, yeah, DeAndre leaving is, is possibly one of the worst things for him, but it could also make him be more of the man, so it could be one of the best things for him, as long as he can overcome good old Bill O'Brien. Um and, you know, to, to, to build on Brendan's point, David Johnson, before the handbrake, one of the best dual-threat running backs in the league, probably the best at the time. Um, probably the best running back in the league, honestly, at the time. Like, yeah, and, you know, this is you're talking about a team that has one of the most overpaid, you know, running backs back there, um, already out there, and now you, you're adding in David Johnson over there to, to help him out. And if you get a ghost of him, okay, well, that sucks. But if you get David Johnson pre-handbrake, Oh, boy, that's another receiver on this list that you just mentioned all the track stars. <laughs> that if, could be deadly. If they get you and I, David Johnson, slash early Cardinals, David Johnson, this offense is going to put up some yards. Like, they will be just fine. Because you also got in Brandon Cooks to replace, be 80% of DeAndre Hawkins when he's healthy. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for this team is health. Yeah. Brandon Cooks has had some concussions. Kenny Deshaun's Schultz. had his thing. Will Fuller hasn't played 16 games in his life, it seems like. Yeah. David it, Johnson, like everybody's broken all the time but if they could stay healthy this could be a force yeah and, and the one thing with with Deshaun as well that that kind of he's gotten slowly but surely better with it but his ball security he has a little too much Michael Vick in him when he starts scrambling um the ball instantly goes into one hand and he palms it all the way around and you know in today's age where these ta- these defensive ends and defensive tackles run four sixes four sevens Deshaun, you can't really be holding it like a loaf of bread anymore. I say palms like he's Kobe in the post sometimes, but doesn't yeah. but doesn't realize they come from all angles. You can't really see them necessarily. Absolutely, but honestly, he's probably one of the more exciting running backs or sorry quarterbacks to to talk about. And uh, the guy has probably Willis as close to Lamar as you can have it as a quarterback without being Lamar. Um, nobody's going to be Lamar, but he is fun to watch and he's smart when he takes off. He he's straight up the field and no frills about it. It's get my yard as you get down. So it's, it's it's exciting to watch, and you know, hopefully he keeps building on that because he is still young, and it's not for lack of talent. He definitely could work on getting down a little bit better. But yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of not getting down, for number three, I have Lamar Jackson. Not a whole lot to say about him. He's the MVP last year, led the league in touchdown passes. The only reason he's not really higher is 
a lot of those receivers were running wide open. The offense kind of took the league by storm. And I don't think anyone realized just how good Lamar Jackson is with the ball in his hands. We all knew he was an athlete. We all knew he was a 4-3 guy. We all knew how good he'd be. I don't think we, any of us saw him throwing for 36 touchdowns like that. Nobody quite expected him to light up the league to the same extent that, that he did. So not a whole lot to say. He has to work on accuracy, reading the defenses a little bit more, because you could see in that playoff game, for example, in some of those, some of the other games where he didn't have the best passing stats, he wasn't always able to throw guys open or necessarily. If the defense was not as basically a shell defense, more or less, he didn't always seem to catch on to it quickly. He took off running. So we'd like to. See, I'd like to see him just maybe tone back his outstanding running and save it for those glory moments and those big time moments and beat teams a little better with his arm besides like throwing for a thousand touchdowns on the Dolphins and the lowly teams like that or (laughs) ripping apart what's left of the Rams. But then you see what he does against the Patriots defense where you know that secondary is the best in the league. So what does he do? He runs all over them with Mark Ingram. So not a whole lot to say negative about Lamar. Just want to see him take that next step. I mean, you look where he was last year in that playoff game against the Chargers compared to this year. It's a big, giant step. So I imagine he's just going to keep getting better. So, Brendan, who are you taking at number three? Um, At number three... Uh, I don't have much love for Lamar. I think my biggest issue with him is if you take away his feet, he's honestly, for me, probably a top 20 to 25 quarterback. Again, taking away his feet, taking away his athleticism just as a pure passer, he's not on par with a lot of the guys in the league. So, you know, you got guys like Deshaun Watson who – I feel is a much better passer. I, I that that's where Lamar hasn't made my lists. But uh, no, I, I've got number three. I've got Carson Wentz. Okay, All right, fair enough. Um, it came back from that huge, you know, that that injury, like you said, DJ. Um, kind of pushed his team into the playoffs despite what he was given. Uh, the only issue that I have this year is that offensive line taking a hit. Um, although they did, I think, just re-sign Jason Peters to fill that gap. So Yeah, he'll be filling in a right guard. That'll be fun for him. Maybe he won't get injured there. Yeah. Well, and if he doesn't get injured there, I mean, and it's not nearly as, as demanding as, as a tackle position. So I mean, it, it could it could work out. I think the biggest thing for me with Wentz is not only how far he's come, but just what what he's been able to do with the teams that he's been given, with the opportunity he's been given. And again, my thing is where he came from. He didn't come from a big school like a lot of the guys that you see in the NFL. Like you know, you got guys from Stanford, you got guys from from Alabama, LSU, that come into the league, you know, big schools. He came from North Dakota, you know. So that, that for me, is a big one. Just kind of goes to show his, his preparation and and just his, his mindset and skill set. So I got him at number three. Fair enough. I, you know, I, I love Carson. Uh, my one problem is injuries. Uh, that's why I keep him off my list is because the dude cannot stay healthy. And give me a full season. To be fair, Matthew Stafford has had a rough, rough go about that too. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't disagree with you there. And I, you know, the one difference is Matt Stafford has had a longer time in the league where he he has been that dude. Um, where Carson is still what three years in the league and has yet to play a full sixteen. He played all sixteen last year. 
Sorry, he played. He played all sixteen last year, I guess. So, but you know, it's still one of those. I don't. He was kind of the only healthy one last year, and then his whole team fell apart. So I don't. I, I I've yet to see a full time Carson with a full time team, where some of these other guys I have seen a full time them with a full time team, and. I'm, yeah, it's it's tough to it's tough to put him up there, but I, I can't fault you for putting him up there because he does have all the talent to be up there. You're just saying that as a Dak fan, you don't want him up there, dude. I will never put Dak on this top five list. I would put Carson way above. I put Carson number one before I put Dak at number five on this list. That's that's how I feel about that. But number three for me, um, I kind of I don't know. I have a love hate relationship watching this guy play quarterback because as a lineman, it pisses me off, but it's effective. And talk about a guy that started at a small school. Uh, dude came from NC State to go to Wisconsin and turn them into a title contender. So um, Russell Wilson is who uh, who I put at number three, just because he just keeps doing it. Um, I, I, I don't know how it doesn't make sense. Literally everything about it just pisses me off as a lineman, and then yet I watch him go and be great. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I literally can't can't fault him for how he plays, but at the same time I can fault him for how he plays. But I can't deny what he's doing. He so. plays the wrong way, but he gets the right results. And yeah. that's kind of why I have him at number two as well. He's the best at intentionally grounding and getting away with it I've ever seen in my life. But at the same time, the next play, he throws it straight into the sky and it somehow lands directly in DK Metcalf for Tyler Lockett's hands. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal at making stupid plays work, I guess, kind of like how Kobe Bryant was the best terrible shot maker ever, arguably. That's kind of why I see Russell Wilson as. He can make so many good plays that shouldn't happen, but I've never seen him be able to really stay on – on schedule, quote unquote, as they say, like lead the team down, methodically pick the defense apart with like a six, seven pass attempts. Most time, it's like, oh, this guy's not. He, re- the Seahawks are dumb because instead of running option routes like five, seven yards, where the Seahawks can go like left, right, up, like the Patriots do with Welker and all those guys, they run them thirty yards down the field with Tyler Lockett. But where yeah. Russell Wilson drops back, stares at the offensive line for the first two seconds, finds a little gap, then starts sprinting around and Russell Wilsoning around. Then looks up to see if Tyler Lockett's going to break left, right, or keep going. Yep. So, like, they have the most painfully, inconsistently, ah, team to watch because that should not work. And I, But at the same time, results are results. Russell's been absolutely outstanding, really. You look at the numbers, he's great. The wins, minus one or two years. I mean, one year they missed the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and he was injured, so. And he still played through it, too. Like <laughs> yeah, like, it, the one year they don't make the playoffs is the one year he's injured, and it's kind of like, all right, well. And that was kind of the year that they were reeling in between the getting away from the Legion of Boom team to where they are now. And now that he doesn't really have the defenses carrying him like he had early in his team, it's Russell's team. They're still getting to the playoffs. They're not quite the Super Bowl contender they were. I mean, they did kind of get smacked up by the Green Bay until the end of the game. But he's, Russell's another one of those guys at the end of the game. If you let him have the ball in his hands and you play that prevent defense, he's going to do a stupid sprinting around in circles shit and get a 40-yard option route to work. So. Like, yeah. Honestly, the best thing to do against Russell in those two-minute drills is blitz the shit out of him and hope you catch him. Yeah, and hopefully you can bring him down. I mean, he's one of the best. At, like The first guy, maybe even first two guys, he just shoves them off. It's, it's crazy. He's really good because nobody breaks down to tackle him. I feel like everybody tries to crush him because he's a smaller guy. Nobody just squares up to bring him down. Everybody tries to kill him, and then he's he's very good at matadoring. Those. And then he has those two tree roots, and two tree stumps in his, of his legs just rooted into the ground. Yeah, and then his his waistline's like 40 inches around he's just a little stocky tree stump asshole that doesn't go down it's one of those things you can never question whether he got his one two steps in and that's this is how he got sierra got plenty of them one two steps in 
All right, that's going a different direction than I was thinking. But <laughs> the point is, he's, he's absolutely outstanding in the most unconventional ways possible. He's almost like a 2020 version of Steve Young, is how I look at him. Yeah. Like, maybe not as a maybe more elusive and stuff where Steve Young was more of kind of a dead sprinter. He didn't juke people often except for that Minnesota run where he ran through everybody and spun on stuff. That was a different Steve Young, though. That wasn't Super Bowl Steve Young. That was, (laughs) oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm running Steve Young, which is, I think, where we're seeing with Russell Wilson, where I think he's starting to transform into that more not prototypical quarterback, but he's a much better passer now than he was in those early years where they were winning Super Bowls because they had the best defense of the decade, Marshawn Lynch. Now Russell's carrying that team, and they're still in it every year. When we do team predictions, I'm pretty sure we'll both, all of us will have them winning more than four, five, six, seven, eight games. Who knows? Barring a terrible injury or something stupid. I mean, I might only have them winning four, but that's because I hate Pete Carroll. Yeah, you'll <laughs> still give them probably seven or eight, but just because of Russell, no matter how much you hate Pete Carroll. True. All right, Brendan, who do you have at the silver medal spot? Uh, I, I can't really add much more. I've got Russell Wilson as well. Um, I mean, the only thing I can really add on to what you've already said is – is the only two quarterbacks in the league that are it's frustrating to to play against would be Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. You give them the ball at the last two minutes of the game, something always happens. Even if it, even if it doesn't benefit them, something always happens, and you're never happy about it if you're the opposing team. Especially if you're the Cardinals in a playoff game, oh, or, the, or the Lions. Mm. Ouch. I can grant you the Cardinals won that game, so I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, you know, I think we're all, I think we're all well in hand about Russell being a top three at least, top two for you guys, quarterback. Um, one, I noticed that, uh, you know, Brendan gave no love to you, and DJ, you, you kind of, yeah, I won't say you shafted the man, but I shafted him at number you, three. God yeah, forbid. I mean, the reigning MVP. You know, uh, I don't know how you guys shaft a man that just throws 36 touchdowns like he did. Same way you shafted Patty Mahomes that threw 50 touchdowns last year. I put him at number two last year. <laughs> and I put Lamar at number three. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, no, so I have Lamar at number two. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, you talk about not really predicting. I feel like I have said this since he got drafted. If you build a offense around him and let his talents come out, which they did last year to a whole nother level than they did his, his rookie year, he get, throws for 36 touchdowns and runs all over the league, wins an MVP. Now you get home, there's year two of them getting to build this offense around Lamar? I mean, like, sign me up. I, I, see, I, I mean, think, you I think did say Lamar, if they build around Lamar, he'll have success. You didn't predict leading the league in touchdown passes. No, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't predict leading the, the league around in touchdown passes, but... I think the way he was able to run, even when defense were like, let's stop Lamar, that's what kind of was like, oh, okay, this is what this is the Lamar peak that we all talked about coming out. Like, Lamar is best. Yeah. The way he was throwing 36 touchdowns was a bit of a shock. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect to be wide open guys. I definitely expected to be more over-the-top stuff. Not like over-the-top because everybody else was five yards within the line of scrimmage, you know. But now, I don't know, year two, you're just – you saw his progression last year. And now you're talking – okay, so year three in the league, year two – as a full-time starter in this offense, this is going to be terrifying. I mean, like, honestly, like, the only thing more terrifying is probably all of our unanimous number ones, and that's just – that's probably just because he's so great. But Lamar is – honestly, it's like watching Mike Vick play again, but I'd say even better because he has more weapons. 
I will say the one thing Lamar still hasn't quite gotten better at, which is not easy, but I'm sure he's still working on it. Because like we said, his progression, like all of these guys, their progression has been fantastic. I mean, Carson Wentz from year one to year two when he should have been MVP until we saw last year. Oh, my God. Deshaun Watson from that preseason where he looked completely lost and like a bust to where he is now. Oh, my God. And then Lamar, Russell, all these guys, I think that's what makes them so special is they go from one Mississippi, two Mississippi, 37 Mississippi, 50. Like, they jumps. <laughs> they have superstar development on steroids, basically. It's absolutely amazing how quickly they get better. Lamar still has to work on throwing outside the numbers a little bit, too. Like, a lot of his passes came inside that numbers area because the linebackers come sprinting down to get him, and he throws it over the top to Mark Andrews, Willie Sneed, a deep post to Marquise Brown. When he throws it up to the sidelines, it's usually a deep lob pass to Marquise Brown burning everybody by 70 yards. Yeah. So I want to see him work more on, like, outside curls, fade fade routes, like, timing out patterns, little things like that, because eventually defense will be like, all right, we're crowding the middle, so even if our linebackers get sucked up, our safeties are right there. you got to throw outside. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, his definitely his timing routes to the outside. And honestly, I could say this about most every quarterback coming out of the league, coming out coming to the league recently, is with the exception of, you know, obviously the, there's a couple here and there. But I feel like most of them, their timing routes to the outside are something that they all lack. Um, Lamar more so because he's never really had to do it because he's it's basically been oh hey that deep route's not there well there that there's that hole I can run for 70 yards on so let's just go take that option um, so I guess you know this is his le- part of his learning curve that he has to overcome is he definitely has to work more on that outside timing routes like you said uh, that'll be his next progression and if he can make that the league will get the league's getting interesting. I mean, the mobile quarterbacks have a home now. It's not like before where they were a novelty. They have a home, and they yeah. don't. Have, obviously, he's a different kind of mobile. Like these other guys are quick and athletic. This guy's the best runner in the league with the ball in his hands, arguably. Yeah, he's he can play multiple positions. I, honestly, I think he's like how we talked about McCaffrey, where McCaffrey can play both receiver and half and running back. Honestly, I'd say with Lamar, he could play both running back and quarterback, and he'd be in a top five in both positions at this rate. I don't know what his hands are like, but he could probably play receiver, just get them, get the ball. Yeah. When he has the ball in his hands, he reminds me of Antonio, like prime Antonio Brown on palm returns. Oh, yeah. He just has such a unique ability to get out of harm's way, too. Yeah, and get get out of it without being touched. Like He could be in a crowd of five people, and it's like, oh, you guys just didn't touch me. Like He wouldn't go down in flag football, let alone two-hand touch at this point. Exactly. Like he. So. He's a different kind of athlete. I just want to see a little more progression on the quarterback. That's where I have him at three, where Russell's already gone past that point. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just for me, Russell is a little bit. There's a there's a limit to Russell's ceiling. Whereas with Lamar, I think we're seeing he can still progress past Russell's ceiling. I will say Lamar doesn't do his offensive lineman any favors necessarily. No. Either. The difference is he has an elite top five offensive line, where Russell yeah. Wilson has an average-ish to below average offensive line that used to be terrible. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, the thing that bothers me the most about Russell, I think, is you, know, you mentioned his below average offensive line. you got to help those those hogs out. Whereas with Lamar, he, everybody knows when Lamar gets the ball, you have like five seconds to block. And after that five seconds, you can basically just let go of your guy because odds are Lamar is 20 yards past you or the ball is 40 yards in the air past you. Lamar is a lot quicker to just say screw it and take off than Russell is, which is part of Russell's progression is looking to read. And I think Lamar will get that too. So they'll both kind of find their balancing act. So Absolutely. Well, number one, it's here. Well, let's, is it, Do know? we all have the $50 million a year man, Patty Mahomes? Is that safe to assume? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we <laughs> might as well just say why he's here at this point. We're not even going to go round table. So, obviously, probably the best arm in the league, if not top two, maybe three. Scariest arm I've ever seen. 
best throw on the run, arguably, depending, like the ability to throw cross-platform, off-platform, like a shortstop throw. He's a, he's a baseball player playing quarterback. Probably one of the, I don't want to say the most accurate quarterback necessarily, but he's more than accurate enough considering. And he's pretty athletic too. I mean, he's not quite Cam Newton or any of these other guys, but he can scoot a little bit. Yeah, I mean, only run only ran a four six eight. You know, no big deal. Was it a four six? I thought it was like a four eight six. I thought it was even was slower. it was a four eight six. I'm about to run the numbers backwards. I think it was like a four eight because he he didn't really blow anybody away with his athleticism. Still, he the dude the dude. Honestly, I feel like he he's one of those guys that runs faster in pads than he does. He runs, I think he runs the exact same too. It's like so a four eight without pads and a four eight with pads. Yeah, maybe a four eight two with pads instead of a four eight six. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, I don't know what Patty brings to the table is absolutely terrifying. He is what I describe Aaron Donald as. Just. Don't teach your kids how to play this way because everything he does doesn't look right, and it's. I feel like it's because of his dad's background from baseball. He grew up as a baseball player. You don't learn the things to do that he he does. Like throwing crossbody is not a natural motion for a quarterback, but for a baseball player, it's something you regularly do. Um, and, you know, throwing on the run—that's all stuff that you see in baseball. And as a baseball guy myself, I have a huge appreciation to see it because he's able to throw from different arm angles just like you do in baseball from different platforms from different you know angles of your body and he does it all so exceptionally well and he's able to put touch on every single style of pass along with a bullet pass to go with it and it's just it's insane to watch like you know we make fun of him for for missing a no look pass to travis kelsey in the corner of the end zone but the audacity to try that in a professional football game. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't really make fun of him. You yelled at him because it hurt your fantasy team. I did. It 100% hurt my fantasy team. I lost. <laughs> you don't let me lose because of that. But you know what? It's what happened. And the fact that he does it regularly, it's not just something that's a one-off, like he only did it one time. No. He regularly throws no-look passes. It doesn't matter where, when, what the escalation of the game is. Like He'll do whatever. It's, it's literally just it's insane to me. So, Brendan, you hate Lamar Jackson, but you like Patty Mahomes. What do you see differently with Patrick? Uh, the big thing for me is is pure. So, for me, I'm kind of antiquated in my opinions of quarterbacks. When no, you? Pure, <laughs> pure patching. Mahomes right now is one of the, the highest in the league. And everything you guys have said, throwing cross-platform, throwing just – in all sorts of ways that most quarterbacks aren't able to do so. Um, the only thing that I'm hesitant about right now is that 10-year deals just it, – it's a little off for me because 10-year deals do not tend to go very well, at least in the last 10 years. <laughs> or 20 years, sorry. Last 20 <laughs> years, 10-year deals do not go well. Um, I think the longest anyone lasted was seven of the 10-year deal, and that was Brett Favre. So, I think with him, the biggest thing for me is is despite all of uh, all of the the skill sets, you know, the skill set, or the skills that he has, and all of the things that you guys have pointed out, um, I think that money thing. I don't want it to go to his head because I know a lot of guys who, you know, we we saw guys like Johnny Manziel as soon as the big money came in from compared to what they had. It had that effect on him, so I don't want. I don't want to see him turn into that guy who, I've got paid, I'm guaranteed, I'm not as good as I was. So that's something I'm a little bit worried about. Um, other than that, though, I mean, he's like I said, like you guys said, it's, it's amazing. And the cool thing I think is they're still keeping the team around him that he had this last year. I mean, Chris Jones signed 
not what 48 hours after he did something yeah. like that it's pretty close to so I mean they're they're trying to keep the team around him which I think is a huge step towards towards building a dynasty which is I think what they're going for but uh no, I think I think Mahomes at number one. I think he's going to be very Brady-like in terms of dominance, but I think his skill set's much much better than Brady's. Okay. So yeah. yeah, number one, I think I think he's a good spot. Uh, I think the only thing that I could really see an improvement in it would be if he was to start getting that elite level of of reading the defenses that that would put him on the next step that's the only way he could really get onto another step is if he was to get like the Peyton Manning or the Tom Brady level of defensive reads I will say so. he is self self said he didn't even learn how to read defenses till last year and even now you can kind of see he he understand he can see defenses but he can't and he can understand them but he can't always necessarily rip them apart like a surgeon like a lot of these guys can like the last 20 years of quarterbacks with Peyton Tom Breeze Rogers all those guys are known for surgically ripping the defense's heart out where patty's just like all right they have two safeties high so it's probably something along those lines i could probably hit the middle of the field is and then just kind of goes off of that and the chiefs don't even run routes they say all right you outrun him to the left you outrun him to the right you outrun him straight travis kelsey you get a route everybody else is just like outrun him this this way outrun him that way travis your route is to the sticks and then move left or right or block the man off take your pick you get to the first down and be huge, yeah. or just be a check down while everyone else goes deep. Tyreek, you're on the right side. You run left as fast as you can. Yeah. Even like the that wasp play they had on that third and fifteen, it was basically Tyreek like I'm gonna burn you to the post. Ah, now I'm gonna cut outside. And Patrick Mahomes like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, rocket arm. Yeah. Like they have a very, it's kind of weird to see because Andy Reid's Philly teams were all precision passing. Don McNabb get the ball out quick reads. West Coast prototypical Brian Westbrook and a bunch of no name receivers. Now he grabs guys that probably run three routes and are just like, you guys are fast, go make it happen. Yeah. And they just, they play backyard football in the most sophisticated way I've ever seen on a football field, really. Absolutely. You know, it's you talked about the, the, the surgical precision of somebody like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. It's very much like watching a, uh, a buckshot come, come from uh, Pat, Patty Mahomes. It's like, look, I may not have the most surgical mind when it comes to picking apart this defense, but I have this here rocket of an arm. Hmm. That says that you may be standing a yard away from him, but you won't touch this ball. And, you know, the fact of the matter is he has that ability to do it, so why not? But you're right. I would love to see him get to that elite Hall of Fame level of precision. I can't even call it elite because, like, those two guys you just named as far as the you know precision guys are absolutely Hall of Fame level. Those are, like, one and two of all time. Like, comparing <laughs> them isn't necessarily fair. I think we were just kind of mentioning, like, guys that can pick you apart when everything's not necessarily the – Yeah. Where you can pick them apart before the play instead of after the play because after the play is sometimes where you can get fooled a little bit more. But I will say that just tells you how good he's gotten already. That we're like, well, okay, the next level he can progress to is, oh, you got to be like Peyton and, and Tom. Like, oh, well, hold on now. This is his third year, fourth year as a star, third year as a starter, fourth year in the league. Like, he's already reached that level, and then you're like, yeah, okay, never mind. He's definitely MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Super he has Bowl the best champion. resume through two years you could possibly ask for. I mean, like, I know Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl in his second year, but no, not the same. But he didn't win an MVP, <laughs> and he did not look like that. In fact, they won in spite of him. Yeah, no, and you know, it's it's something to say. They came back in every single playoff game. Which is unfortunately kind of a negative. It's a positive at the same time, but the fact that you let yourself go down twenty-four nothing to Houston, yeah. it's like, what were you doing early, and what flipped? Like, how could you? It's the same thing when they talk about fourth quarter comebacks. Like when Andrew Luck was the fourth quarter comeback king. Like, well, why'd you get in that situation in the first place? Yeah, it's like, well, you see, what had happened was I quit. I started ignoring my coaching staff. 
in and his case, for Patty's case, it's like, <laughs> do your 15 scripted plays just not work? And then you guys say, screw it. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, it really, and it does seem like that sometimes. Like, Andy Reid makes those 15 play calls and out coaches himself through those 15 play calls, and he just says, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Patty, go do Patty things. Just, right. just don't overthink yourselves, guys. And that's what they do their best is if they're just like, freestyling basically and and you know we say that but they probably have all this stuff planned out in preseason camps and like it's like okay yeah we're gonna use it finally in the wild card round or you know afc championship or you know it's like what like they have the deepest playbook but a lot of the concepts kind of end up resulting the same their go-to plays are all kind of similar when you look at it like they have a deep playbook i guarantee andy reed is a genius and he we saw it in that playoff game where they suddenly like put put and they all form like they go from a spread set to like a full house formation yeah they roll sideways like they have a bunch of different looks but i think the, the kind of like what they talked about with sean McVay and the rams everything looks the same even if it's different the chiefs are everything looks different even if it's, if it's the same like, yeah it's well it's like it's like gus malzahn in college everything the eye candy is always there but if they harder the play it's a simple dive play mm-hmm. or it's a simple uh, it's a simple out route like it's it's very simple after the snap, but before the snap, <laughs> good luck keeping up at this point. It's and getting a burger from a gourmet restaurant yeah. with all the fixings. At the end of the day, it's still a cow. Yeah, and and it's crazy to think about this team. You know, Brendan hit the nose on the head, hit the nail on the head with, you know, they're sticking together. You have one of the fastest freak athletes at receiver that just oh my god, how fast he is! Like don't get me wrong, outside outside of the off, off the field problems aside. Tyreek Hill on the field is a whole guy I would love on the team. But when you include the off-the-field off, off the field issues, like, no, I'm good. I don't want him. But you got to say, like, on the field. Good luck catching him. Yeah, the dude's the dude's amazing. And then Travis Kelsey at tight end, it's. Top two tight end. Yeah, you? you know, top one, top two, depends on where you fall on that list. Um, Nicole Hardman's yeah. an absolute burner who probably honestly runs routes just as good as maybe Tyreek already. He's honestly probably their best receiver who is still not a polished receiver. And then you got Sammy Watkins, who is an absolute running back with the ball in his hands. Like, when I was getting my haircut the other day, they were replaying Patrick Mahomes' MVP season, like, just going through all the games, so I was watching that. There were so many plays where they played 10 yards off Sammy, like, screw it, just threw it to Sammy quickly, like the RPO style. And he just jukes the corner, makes a miss, breaks guys' ankles, gains six yards. So it's the perfect squad for a Patrick Mahomes skill set, honestly. Like, they built the team around him. To a T, you couldn't ask for any better. Yeah, and this is the Sammy Watkins that got cut for not being good enough. You know, this is like, this is that Sammy who just, just got let go. Like, we you, you don't, don't need you anymore. And then, oh, the Chiefs are like, don't worry, Sammy. We got you, bro. We're going to give you a rich contract that everyone's like, no, we don't want that. Because I know the Colts were trying to sign him that off season two and a few other teams. And like, okay, not for that price. That's, that's just Sammy Watkins. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. And the Chiefs are like, don't worry. We're paying him this much because he's not going to do what you're asking him to do. Exactly. They have a plan. That's the thing. I feel like Andy Reid has a plan for every guy on this team, and Patty just is the orchestrator of it all. It's like Andy Reid finally found that piece that prevents Andy Reid from outcoaching himself. Pretty much, yeah. And if Andy Reid does outcoach himself, this guy can make some of those wildest dreams come true for him. I mean, yeah. he throws 80-yard passes in warm-ups. He's, he's the ultimate slinger of the football, really. It doesn't get – No, it's, it's freakish. It's – if I were to compare it to anything, it was like watching Greg Maddox pitch a pitch in, the, in, in for in his heyday and for the Braves. It's just the guy steps up on the mound, and you just don't know what's about to happen because it's about to be great. Or Roy Holiday during his peak. It's like watching those type of men, menta- the mentality of those guys along with their talent, and you just put that on a football field of just I'm going to be great today, and there's nothing that defense can do to stop me. 
is, is kind of what Patty gets in these modes like, and it's just crazy. And you can see he might – I don't know if this is a bit of a reach, but he might be the – if not the first, maybe the second best young QB prospect we've seen ever, maybe in the top, especially in the last 20 years, maybe one other guy compares with him as a young QB prospect. Like, I'd say, yeah, maybe Andrew Luck is the only one I can think of that even has the... That's in that class, really. Like, yeah, that has the, the, hey, this guy is supposed to be a Hall of Famer. Like, this dude's different than the other ones, and what's weird is Andrew did it so much differently. Yeah. He was the ultimate precision, the ultimate brainiac, <laughs> had a really good arm, but not the stupid rocket, could throw off platform, but really didn't want to, like... Polar opposites. And and what's even crazier than that is, what, they both had one, two scholarship offers coming out of high school. Patty to a Texas Tech and Andrew to Stanford. I think Andrew probably had a few more, but he chose yeah. but Stanford for the brain. Either way, yeah, same it thing. Like, like, they, weren't, know, they weren't those five-star recruits like Deshaun Watson was coming out where it's yeah. like, okay, we know he's going to – you know what he's Yeah, gonna, and the thing the, – the craziest thing about him is, is I still think it's crazy that Patty was not a big prospect – until the up and coming to the draft and it was like you know this guy down here in Abilene is just a little bit different he throws the ball just a little bit different and by a little bit I mean like 40 yards longer than anybody else it's like well the the Lubbock Patty Mahomes that we saw he was pretty good <laughs> yeah. but then NFL Patty is like oh NFL coaching NFL schemes and a year to sit behind Alex Smith who does everything the opposite of Patty honestly so you could take all the good and eliminate the bad because Patrick's naturally not conservative. Like, yeah, no, checking no, no. it down, he's like, he's screwed Tyreek down there somewhere. If not, Travis will pluck it out of the air. Where Alex Smith is like, okay, five yards, three yards. Complete polar opposites, and that was the perfect fit. If Patty goes anywhere else, he's a really good quarterback, maybe on our fringe list, like a Josh Allen type sort of thing. Yeah. Where if he gets thrust out there, doesn't get to learn necessarily, goes to a team without the perfect skill set. Let's just hypothetically say he goes to the Texans. That, that same draft, honestly. He is really good, and he is on this list probably, or if not, he's competing for it, but he's not the consensus top two QB prospect of the last 20 years. I also think if he goes to somebody like the Texans, they don't trade DeAndre. I think not for, for any other reason than DeAndre would be like, yeah, you know what, I don't care about you, Butchin. You know, you can do your own thing, uh, but I'm I'm not leaving that guy. That guy makes me look good. I don't know, Deshaun makes, De- makes DeAndre look pretty good too, I mean, especially being the Clemson tie. You know half the time Deshaun's like, well, Will Fuller's injured, so DeAndre. Well, Will Fuller's out there, so DeAndre. <laughs> well, everybody else is out there, and they're kind of open, but DeAndre's over there, and I know he's open. Even though he's triple covered, he's still open. Those are, those are three normal men, not three godly men. We got this. No, definitely. But, you know, you did mention it. Um, we are all consensus on Patty, but there were some guys that just missed out on this list. You mentioned Josh Allen as one. Um, you know, Brendan, we'll start with you. Who are some of the guys that maybe missed out on your list? Um, one of the guys that missed out on my list was, uh, the first one I had was, uh, Matt Ryan. Matty um, Ice, you can't have, always overlooked and then, always overlooked and then underlooked. He's, he's yeah, yeah, so, he just can't win. <laughs> every, every time that I want Matt Ryan to do well, he sucks. I don't mean to be, be a, be downer about it, but every time I want him to be good, he's never as good as I want him to be. But... This year, I was expecting him to kind of just drop off, but he had a fairly good season. So it seems like every time that I kind of count him out, he's he's kind of right up there and you know in the top tens, top fives, whatever for for different stats. But Matt Ryan was was one of them. Plus, he's got one of the better receiving duos in the league in terms of, of full skill set with Julio Jones and then uh, Calvin Ridley. I believe it was Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah, it, but yeah, one of the better receiving duos. Uh, 
his offensive line is not going to be you know elite like some of the the teams in the league, but he's still putting up numbers. He's not he's not falling off as much as I thought he would. Um, then the other guy, you guys mentioned him a lot. I my biggest thing against Lamar, he, he's he's top six for me. I give him top six, but my biggest problem and pet peeve with Lamar is if you were to take away his legs, say, say he gets injured, ACL tear, whatever, and he cannot make those runs anymore, and you rely on him as just a passer, he honestly is not the best passer in the league. And so that's that's where I have the issue is because you watch if you watch his highlights, specifically his highlights, you know, I watched – Probably three minutes before I was, I, I saw a throw where it's like, oh yeah, that's that's an elite level throw. You know, you got three minutes out of a twenty minute video of his highlights from just this last season, and he doesn't make anything that seems impressive for a NFL level QB. There's a lot of passes that were just wide open. Any QB that's the NFL caliber starter should be able to make. Except that. Now, don't get me wrong. Except that. He made, some, <laughs> he made some really impressive throws this year. There were some throws that I wasn't really impressed with. Specifically, his on-the-run throw against Seattle. It was like was this like 50 yards on the run. That one was impressive to me. That was great. If I see more of that, he's going to de- easily make my top five list next year. But right now, for me... He's just more of a running back. I don't see him as much of a quarterback. I see him more as a running back who can throw the ball. Don't worry. He's the best running back that can throw the ball in the history of the game. So, Besides maybe LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> where, uh, he did it the other way. Give Lamar a chance. This is my, my only comment on that one. <laughs> I will say Lamar does have some improvements to make as a passer, but what he's able to do as a passer complementing his running ability, I, he's still top five for me. And at the same time, Sean Watson's torn his ACL twice, and he's still pretty gangster out there with the ball. So I imagine the way tearing your ACL is now, as long as it's not a catastrophic Teddy Bridgewater where you tear everything on top of it, I think you can recover from it pretty well, especially in your early 20s. They got all that money to repair those ACLs. I got to tell you, there's a surgery out there that they double ACL now, and they'll twist it. It's a Stu Holden special is what they called it. Stu Holden is is an American soccer player that tore his ACL four times. His last surgery, they took – Two cadaver Achilles was what they normally replace your ACL with, and they actually intertwined them with wrapping them up. It's actually now standard to do on any major pro athlete. That method, it actually makes it stronger and allows you to build more muscle. So, with that said, yeah, if he tears his ACL, he might come back faster, but he might not. So there is that still possibility, but odds are in the favor of faster. So, I think we're all kind of a, I think we're all kind of agreeing there. Like, love Lamar has some work to do. Pretty absolutely. Simple. Oh yeah, still has some work. To do. I mean, I still have him top five, or some of us are disrespecting him at six and a half slash seven, but it's cool. That's former MVP, reigning MVP. That's all. How do you really feel over there? (laughs) No, okay. So for me, um, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen. I think he's the next one of that. To me, he's just that next quarterback in the line that needs to make that step up. Um, You know, you saw a little bit of it against against Houston last year, where he he had enough to get him back into the game a couple times, but not enough to get him over that hump. Um, in overtime and you know it's, it's sad to see him lose but now he's got a weapon up there in, in Stephon Diggs and it'll be fun to see what Buffalo can do with Devin Singletary's you know making an making a, a not really a surprise but a surprise of you know career last like a season last year and now hopefully he can build on that so Josh Allen actually has some weapons to use um, kind of like the Matt Stafford effect hopefully he has enough weapons 
to use. Uh, Dawson Knox, another one. So, um, And then, you know, one of my favorite players in the league, uh, former Auburn guy, but Cam Newton, I think him moving to New England, we talked about it a little bit before, is honestly – I think the best thing for his career, and we're, we might see a Cam Newton that we've never seen before, and that's because he now has a guy in Josh McDaniels that is willing and able to coach quarterbacks in the way they need to be coached. So the perfect system where you spread them out, let Cam make quick, decisive, instant reads, just opens up the field. He has the entire field to work with, not the tight bunch pro-style offense where you're reading for down the deep yeah. down the field like one, two. This one's one, two, three, ball out, go. Exactly. And, you know, he, he just had an interview and talked about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I know who I'm coming after. He doesn't have to be talked about. He is that great. You know, it is that he, I'm not a Tom Brady. I'll admit that. But you know what, Coach McDaniels? I'm a monster. I'm a baller. You can call whatever you want to call that you've never been able to call a Tom Brady. and I can make it happen. I will say he is almost setting himself up for failure with saying stuff like, I'm not being humble no more. Tired of being humble. Like, yeah, I mean, I love Cam and I want him to dominate this year, but sometimes you should just wait and open your mouth while you're dabbing on them in the end zone instead of opening it while we don't even know if we're going to get you – you haven't technically got the job yet. If We know you're going to get it, but technically on paper it's still a competition. I still hope Jared Stidham makes it a competition in, 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 in uh, training camp, but, uh, yeah, no, I definitely still think it's Cam's team to team to lose. Um, I think it's Cam's team to take, if that makes sense, too. Like, it's not quite his yet, but there's no reason he shouldn't take it, if that makes yeah. sense. Just, I, I guess that's the best way to put it because of Belichick being the head coach. And he's the new guy at the same time. Like. Plus, I don't know if you've seen this, but Cam's down there training with Odell. Um, and I don't – you know, we talked about Odell being that guy off the off the field where you're just kind of like reel it in a little bit. I think he's rubbing a little too much on Cam. A little where, bit too Where you get a little bit too much ego stroking down in the same area, and you're just like – Cam's like, yeah, I ain't humble no more. Let's go. Granted, Cam's had no problem with his own ego before. He's been just no, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a very uh, egocentric athlete, and there's nothing wrong with that. You got to you got to have a little edge to you as an athlete. Still one of my favorite guys, and I yeah. really hope he succeeds. I just hope he gets a chance. Honestly, I hope this is the okay. I'm back, and then he can go forward after next year. Yeah, and the last one for me, is, and I feel like it's kind of like a make and break season. I mentioned Odell, but his quarterback Baker has a little edge to him as well. Um, but. We got to see that edge on the field. We, uh, where was it last year? Because it went missing. He's got a really good front runner edge, but it seems like once things go wrong, he doesn't necessarily have the ability to get out of that very well. Yeah. You need to you need to level your head out. And it was a bad year for everyone on the Browns. Oh, yeah. Odell was injured. Jarvis wasn't always at his best. Granted, he was probably their one saving grace for the most of the season. And Joku was unhealthy. Nick Chubb was your absolute monster, but they, yeah, that's the be- that's the bright spot that came from last year. The tackles were terrible, but that's fixed now. I mean, your preschool coach. That's an insult to preschool coaches, but your lunch ladies <laughs> coaching you, I mean. Yeah, no, it was it was bad. Uh, but I feel like this is that season for Baker that if they don't take the step and they don't perform like they're supposed to, I mean, really, this their division is the Ravens and everybody else. I mean, cause I, yeah, okay, the Steelers are there. Steelers defense mostly, honestly. Really, that's the truth. And, and that's just it. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with their offense. Ben coming back. You know, you don't know what's going to happen there. So the Browns, it's it's really – and in Cincy, I mean, you got Cincy Joe Burrow. You got, you, got, you got an up-and-coming team, but we don't know if they're going to be there yet. They got some pieces, but we got to see them come together. And how Are they children still, or are they about to be manly men? Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. So it's, it's really their division to kind of sneak into that second place, maybe upset the Ravens, split, split one with the Ravens there, maybe, maybe take the division that way. I mean, they split last year based on Nick Chubb saying – basically carrying the team on his back like he's greg jennings with a broken leg or something but yeah so i don't know that's that was my other one that just kind of misses the list um you know you don't 
don't don't see Dak on my list or even on my honorable mentions. By the way, yeah, and, we uh, we all saw that coming. Thirty-one point four million uh, franchise tag. You getting overpaid, Dak? It's hmm. so, a small comment on that. <laughs> but DJ. So we kind of went over all the guys that just missed my list with Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, all those guys. So I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna talk about two guys that I think, quote unquote, they got next. I think they're guys to look out for to take that step and push themselves into the conversation that aren't necessarily in it right now. One of them is a guy that everyone was high on coming out, and at this t- and right when I think he started getting there, they started ignoring him because he can't stay healthy in the weirdest way possible, and that's Sam Darnold. I know he's everyone touted him. He's the next great one. He's a, he's different than those other USC quarterbacks. He's tall, trunky, coastal kid with a good arm, all that weird crap that everyone spews. And he hasn't quite lived up to expectations when you compare him to Lamar Jackson and even Baker, honestly, because Baker had that good rookie year. But Sam's been pretty homeostasis so far. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great. But during the last year, he missed the first three games because he had mono, which I love. Sam, stop kissing the New York girls. You're a California kid. You California girls. Katy Perry said it best. Yeah. So, anyway. Your fair-skinned, ginger-headed self needs to stop kissing the New York girls. Exactly. You, you'll be just fine. Just wait till after the season. <laughs> and he has a terrible head coach. We talked about mediocre coaches. Adam Gase has no business being a head coach. He is... Still riding Peyton Manning as the offensive coordinator coattails, basically. Where yeah. he was the guy that's like, hey, Peyton, are you sure you want to call that? And Peyton's like, looks at him, cringes his four, five head, and then Adam's like, okay, my bad. And then opens his eyes really wide, like, oh, my God, that's Peyton really almost generous. killed him. There's only five foreheads for Peyton? That dude had at least seven. Well, the, that was what you could see at the helmet. You had to stack that IQ somewhere. That is the helmet, man. The helmet <laughs> only showed five of them. But anyway, so he has a just a terrible head. Like, he's a decent offensive mind, but I don't like him as the head coach of that team. He's... You have Le'Veon Bell who's a good weapon, but you have no you have no idea how to use him. And your offensive line's been mediocre until you draft Mekti Beckon, who I think will be pretty good. And you're doing a little something at least. So I think this year you can see Sam take that next step and maybe get into this conversation kind of like probably like a Matt Stafford more or less. Probably not going to jump in the Lamar category because you have no horses around you really. <laughs> not right now, yeah. Like, I like Denzel Mims, the draft pick. You gave him a number one potential receiver to grow with too. Le'Veon Bell's got a chip on his shoulder, and I think if they just – Scheme him to get the ball. Scheme ways to get the ball. He's so versatile. He was the best back in the league two, three years ago. Zone running with that man. Zone runs. Let him read the holes and cut. Get him. Split him out and then play receiver a little bit. I mean, like, just use him. He's so versatile. Like, get him in one-on-one with anybody, and he is the – we talked about Lamar not getting hit clean. I've never seen anyone tackle Le'Veon Bell one-on-one in the open field. Not since he was at Michigan State, no. And at Michigan State, doesn't even count. And that was when he was on one leg. So, I, I mean, really. He literally it was Greg Jennings. He broke his leg, though, and still was doing it. Yeah. So so I think Sam can take that next. They were 6-2 and two down the stretch last year. Like, 6-2. and two. If Let's say he's healthy for those first three games. Let's say he wins one of them. Just one of them. That fit, They finished 7-9, and nine, I think it was. So 8-8 eight and eight finished, 9-7-ish and seven-ish area if he plays all the games. Because I think they could have beat the Browns when they lost in Week 2. Because, yikes, that quarterback yeah. play was rough. I think it was Luke Falk. Not the best Washington State quarterback the last couple of years, even though everyone thought he'd be. No. <laughs> and I think Sam just has that little extra something, probably like how Eli Manning had it with the Giants in New York where you can't be Odell in New York really and get away with it or Baker in New York because that will eat you alive. Yeah. Where Sam's just like, it's cool, we got this. I mean, I'm just going to rip it to Robbie Anderson up the sideline for 60 yards over Jeff He's head. Just casual stuff, basically. So I'd see Sam taking that next step. I don't know if there'll be a playoff team. I mean, you got the Bills and now the resurgent Patriots. Dolphins kind of making moves. Jets might still be a year away considering they have the worst coach in that division by far. It's not even close either. Like, my God, you have three elite coaches and that guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> really, though. Maybe unless, Greg, can, unless Greg Williams gets promoted somehow. You can honestly say there's probably two elite coaches, a really good coach, and then that guy, what are you still doing in the NFL? I'm going to give Brian Flores a leap because of what he's building right there. I like what he's building. So I'm, I'm going to jump the gun with him and say he's going to be an elite coach in a couple of years because he's taken all the good stuff from Belichick that everyone, all those other coaches forgot about, and he left all the Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniel stuff back there. So I'm going to jump the gun and say he's going to be an elite coach. Anyway. Okay. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Brian Flores is an elite coach. He will be. According to DJ. <laughs> Writing it down. And the other guy to look out for, which I'm going to say Kyler Murray is the one guy everyone's talking to look out for. I think he's going to have a good next season. How can you not with an offensive-minded coach and DeAndre Hawkins? He's going to be good. I just, DeAndre. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be those this long line of sophomore quarterbacks that's an MVP next year. I just think I think that, that was just kind of a coincidence. I don't think that's going to be a new running theme, quote-unquote. I just think Kyler Murray's going to be really good. They'll compete for a wild-card spot with that defense. That division's loaded. Absolutely. But the guy I want to see, I think, can – I don't want to say he's going to take that step either because I, that's putting a lot of weird pressure on that those kind of guys, and then it's going to end up being some random jabroni we've never heard of. Jabroni. But <laughs> I think Drew Locke is set up for a hell of a season. Their biggest issue is you got to deal with the Chiefs twice a year, a very decently building Raiders team, and a loaded Chargers team at everything minus quarterback. So there is no easy games in that division. What, Tyrod's not an elite quarterback? I mean, we'll see. Maybe he – we'll see. Maybe Justin Herbert gets in there and surprises us all, but I'm not betting on that at all. Basically, I think Drew Locke, you have the weapons. You got Jerry Judy. Depends who you talk to, but some people think he's the best receiver in this draft, one of the best to come out recently. Others think he's terrible. I think he's going to be one of the better slot receivers to come out recently. I think he's going to piece people up in, with his pure route running if he catches the ball. And he's going to make some plays. He's not really a burner, but he's going to make plays. Ken Hamler is going to outrun everybody in a straight line, and no one's going to like it. And <laughs> Corlin Sutlin has established himself as a true number one t- talent at receiver. Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Noah Fant, who is – everyone talked about TJ Hawkinson. Okay, Noah Fant, we saw you last year absolutely dominating. So Running like the wind. Running faster than the wind with his <laughs> four or five tight end self like baby Vernon Davis out he there. He is bullseye on a team with a horse on their logo. Exactly. It's perfect. And I think the char- – not the Chargers. I think the Broncos – they're poised to make a playoff run. If they didn't have to deal with the Chiefs, they'd probably win their division in any other AFC division. I mean, they are in the South, maybe it's more competitive as well because you have Houston and Indy and Tennessee. Not Jacksonville, I'm not counting them right now. The East, I think they're the best team in the East, arguably, depending on what the Patriots do. And the Bills are there, too. I think they're on par with the Bills. And then, let's see, the North, okay, there's the, there's the Ravens. So maybe they're like... On that second tier, right? Like they're the top of the wild card tier, more or less. Yeah, they, they definitely can compete for for a five seed. Um, you know, maybe you, maybe you you're a five seed. You happen to have a six seed that beats a number one seed, and you never or beat, well beats a three seed, then beats a number one seed. And maybe oh, you, look at you! You have a home game in the AFC Championship game. Exactly. Like they could be a team that just upsets a lot of people's playoff brackets and pisses people off. Yeah, I I think they're building something nice there, and. If Drew Locke is as good as I saw last year, like I saw a guy that was picking up defenses pretty quickly. He didn't have no, the. You saw a guy nailing the rap on the side. <laughs> if I was going off of that, he would be in my top five list as it is. Too, too fair enough. What we saw against Houston, for example, where he absolutely lit them up. It wasn't even close. And that was a playoff. That was playoff Houston, too. Like that was competing for the playoff spot until Indy completely unraveled and Tennessee started basically exploding. Against the Chiefs, he didn't look good, but, I mean, that was the Chiefs team running for a Super Bowl. I mean, you're a rookie quarterback coming off an injury for your first half of your season, too. Yeah. But those other games even that he played down the stretch, he went 4-1, I believe it was. 
he was kind of the catalyst. It's not like they had an elite running back carrying the team. They didn't have an elite defense. They had a, they had Von Miller and a bunch of guys, really. Justin Sorry. Simmons was a stud, but yeah, I hurt Philip Lindsay for most of the season last exactly. year. Exactly, you know? like he has an ability to make everybody kind of bring them to his level or to rise to everyone else's level. Not yeah. saying he makes everybody better, but he gets everybody on the same page. So I like what I saw from Drew Locke last year, and they they killed this draft because when John Elway doesn't have the draft quarterbacks, they kill everything else. Yeah, I, I will say this. I think Drew Locke might be the best Mizzou quarterback we've seen ever in my lifetime. I can't even think of another one, honestly. I mean, yeah, the only I, other guy that comes to mind is Chase Daniel, and no. No, he's way better than Chase Daniel. It's not, I, don't, I feel guilty <laughs> even putting them in the same conversation. No, I mean, really, like, you just kind of look at what he, what he has arm ability-wise. He's another guy that his arm talent is so above everybody else's naturally that you put a little bit of coaching in. Oh, by the way, hey uh, – there's a there's a hall of fame of hall of famer up there and you know that that just comes down to the field to help quarterbacks out no big deal and you got a good head coach he's not an offensive minded guy but he's just a good leader of a coach yeah. in Vic Fangio he's, he's a good instructor of men and he can you know. and you know he's going to put a defense on the field that'll get you opportunities like you're not going to sit on the sideline for eight minutes like Peyton Manning had to do his whole career basically yep. eight nine minute drives on defense Drew Lock's going to get his opportunities and I think he's going to piece up some defenses this year. Probably not winning the division, like we said. I mean, Patty Mahomes is still Patty Mahomes, and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. But I can see them competing for a wild card spot, maybe even stealing one from the Chiefs in mile high. Gets a little bit iffy, and maybe Drew Lockpe throws a few dimes here or there. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller get a little pressure. You never know. Look, you, you, you can catch the Chiefs. It's been proven. They're not perfect. They weren't a perfect Super Bowl team last year. They had some They're, some knocks in their armor. But when it came down to the end of the, end of the season, well, they – turned it on so it is possible to catch them so their 2018 team was better than this last one in my opinion but either. i definitely think all around yeah but i think offensively last year there was just another level they reached at the end of the season i so. think during the playoff run patty was his best as far as not being making any boneheaded plays for the most part yeah minus a few in the super bowl but i mean they were able to shut down the niners offense to bounce it look out. you got to make a few sometimes <laughs> sometimes the 49ers just force you into them too absolutely well does anybody have anything else to throw into your top five quarterbacks we've kind of hit all the bells on the head who are who, who dj's next next up in line are um you know i got guys a couple couple misses there brendan anything you want to add uh no, uh, the only the only thing I can really add is, despite the lack of weapons, uh, Aaron Rodgers did have a fairly decent season. I can feel but, the pain in your voice on that one. Oh, it's it's probably the the most painful thing I'm going to say this year. He's um, still a top ten quarterback. I think I couldn't put him yeah. in top five, oh, but yeah. he's in that top ten running. Probably oh, yeah. seven. Like he, he's dropped off. The age thing and the again the lack of weapons the the lack of building for him is a big one. But he's still putting up numbers. He's still putting up wins. You know, so I can't. I, I hate putting him on here. I do, but I can't knock him either. Yeah, and we all left Tom Brady off. I think I just want to see it before I. Last year it was kind of like the last two years. Really, he's been pretty good, but. He, he hasn't really been Tom Brady. I mean, age is catching up with you. He's so smart, so he's able to still make plays and find quick reads. But in the Super Bowl, he was awful. Like, yeah. In that AFC Championship game, it took D Ford's big-ass hands falling off sides for them to get to the Super Bowl. Twice. Against the Chargers, he was able to kind of piece them up, but it was the running game that really was the catalyst. Like, And then last year, I know we had a pretty mediocre supporting cast overall, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't the worst supporting cast in the league, but – they just couldn't get anything going offensively in so many games. Like they were yeah. 
when they were losing games, it was because they were losing seventeen to twenty. They weren't really losing shootouts. No, and, and I saw the first thing I've ever, first time I've ever seen Tom Brady do it. He overthrew Edelman on their little patented fake the slant, run a seam route. He overthrew Edelman on that, and it's the first time I've ever seen it where it was an actual overthrow and not just a I'm trying to throw it to the Gordon on the backside of you type of throw. It was 100% like he just missed. Like and that was that was really the first time I've ever seen Tom Brady just purely miss since he was taking over for Drew Bledsoe. He's still probably gangster enough where he could be like, I want $35 million for my one-year deal. And most teams should give it to him. Like, he's yeah. still that gangster. Like, he's kind of where Rodgers is in that 7-8 territory. Like, he could still win you a Super Bowl, especially with that squad he has in Tampa Bay. But I just don't think he's quite – like, last year he was on that top 5, 3, 7 range, depending, going in because we thought it was at the Super Bowl and the playoff run was an anomaly. Yeah. But he's not the guy that won MVP when Carson Wentz should have won it and put up 40 – almost 40 points on that Eagles defense. That guy, I don't think – I could be wrong. Maybe Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all of them are that good, and they he throws for 45 touchdowns. I could be wrong. but The resurgence of Gronk, we never know. I just Based off the last year and a half I saw, I think he's just taken a step back to where he's really, really good. But these yeah. elite guys are different where you could put anyone in there, and it's like, okay, they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think Tom Brady's one of those few guys, and I don't say this very lightly, and I've never been a big Tom Brady fan, but I'll give him credit. He's one of those few guys that I think you can just be like, all right, look, man, you get a couple years leeway. Like, like, realistically, he, he has two years in Tampa before anybody's ever really going to be like, no. Honestly, he can muck it up this year, and it's like, all right, let's give him another year. I mean, Corona and then the new team and all this. Yeah. It's the first time we've – let's give him another year. Then if the second year he's absolutely terrible, it's like, well, okay, it might, it might be time to look for – hey, James, do you want to come back? Exactly. And, you know, the other guy we talk about that's older that we left off our list, all of us did, Drew Brees. Um, and again, I feel like this is another one where just getting in age and you get these elite guys like Deshaun, Russell, Lamar, Patty, all above them that you're just kind of like, well, you've reached your peak, Drew, but uh, you're clearly all but done. You're still playing because you're really a football genius. Like you're one of yeah. those guys with that elite IQ. Your arm is not shot, but we can tell you're not really pushing the ball very much. Look, that second shoulder surgery did something. And it's clearly added up over the last... I mean, it was fine for those first six or so years in New Orleans. He was probably throwing it farther than he's ever thrown before. Yeah. But recently, you could tell age, father time, being kind of shorter. It's And then the injuries, too. I mean, you missed five games last year, and you still won five, it, yeah. weirdly enough. I mean, so I think the team is carrying Drew a little more now than it has before. You can still win a U.S. Super Bowl next year very easily. Yeah, he can still turn Mike Thomas into a number one receiver again this year. It's not that hard to do when the guy runs five yards and in faster than anybody else I've ever seen. But And he's pr- he's probably like what Peyton Manning was in that last year, just with a little bit more arm stokes. Peyton with that degenerative neck, he was he didn't have anything left. No. But Drew's, still, Drew's is more of just age wearing down, not a chronic neck injury to that sort of thing. Like So he's kind of where Peyton Manning was in that last season, just with a little more health yeah. and less of a full-on micro-genetic uh, He's not, on problem. Yeah, he's not throwing ducks every every play. Exactly. So. When he does throw ducks, it's more of just, okay, your arm was never that great, and it's clearly starting to go down a little bit now. Not, it's, oh, it fell off. It's 50 yards downfield when he's throwing a duck compared to now, you know, his Peyton's 10 yards downfields were ducks at that point. So Drew still can't really put steam on it, but he does, it doesn't float and die in the air. <laughs> exactly. But, all right, well, that does it for us today. Um you know, this is our top five quarterbacks. This rounds out our top five list. Uh, if you've missed any of the previous episodes for our top fives, go back and check them out. Stay tuned, though, because we will be coming out with our season predictions. Whether the season happens or not, we don't know yet. 
Hopefully it does, but we'll see. We're still going to make the prediction video. We're still going to put the effort forward. And if it doesn't happen, well, you're just, you're welcome. We'll play Madden instead and see how that goes. <laughs> exactly. We're going to Madden it out and just compare it. But that does it for us today. Um, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to keep keep tuned to the page for more, for more new episodes. Check out our Twitter page if you haven't already. Uh, we will post updates there, as well as sometimes, you know, live UFC look-ins when, when events are happening. But as always, thank you. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.